Welcome, one and all, to Fanspurt Radio. I'm your host, Jake Anderson, the one and only fan who's willing to admit he's just a fan. His expert opinion comes from mounds of couch time and continuous breakdowns of all sports. No matter how accurate or inaccurate they may be, you're listening to Fanspurt Radio. Welcome, everybody, to my first episode. This has taken me, honestly, forever. I've talked to a lot of people who might be listening to this about doing this podcast, and a lot of people have made fun of me because I haven't even done it yet. (laughs) This is a new ground for me, and I definitely want to pursue this, and I guess I'll kind of gently explain how this started, and we'll get right into it. Today, I am so grateful for the opportunity to just like try this out with the technology in this world today there's so much we can do so much we can share and as a sports fan i think sharing is also really fun to do because a lot of us sports people out there like to analyze like to go over opinions very passionately (laughs) a lot of you know what i'm talking about and some of you might not and you don't care you just want to hear my voice just to see how good i am or how bad i am oh well i mean i'm here and i'm gonna try it (laughs) and so i'm grateful to all of you who take a chance to listen thank you for putting me um in your time of day that's very busy to to listen and and give me a chance to share a little bit of what I love to share, and that's specifically about sports, but a lot of other things in life too. I would love to see this podcast grow, and not only that, try and produce episodes not only on sports, but other life help podcasts, um, kind of topics that I really think we can all benefit from, not just the sports community. So, this has been started for a while back, me imagining myself speaking to a computer. I never really thought I'd do that as a kid, but today I'm doing that. And so let's let's jump right in. I want to use this podcast as a source just for fan debates, for topics, to have a lot of fun, to laugh, because I love to laugh and I love to share what what's going on in the sports world and, and give you know my expert opinion on that just as much as any of us would to our family who's sitting on the couch to our mom who probably doesn't care about what we're saying maybe this could get across to some of you and you guys can fire back with your own opinions as well I'm not afraid let's uh let's make this a fun learning place to be for sports so you might be wondering what's <laughs> what's a fan gonna do with his first podcast and his first topic well he's gonna talk about the teams he's a fan of And there's one question we need to answer. What is happening with the Utah Jazz? Anything but good. That's the answer. If any of you are paying attention, you listen to David Locke, you listen to all these guys, and even Donovan Mitchell, you, you can't make this up. This is terrible. Jazz are losers of their... Two of their last three, I think eight of their last nine. I mean, we had a terrible long road trip where we went one and five. It was absolutely pitiful. The only game we could pull out was against the Knicks. Donovan Mitchell's been on a tear. But these last two games against the Clippers and the Warriors, let's let's break it down a little bit. We both we both games go into the third quarter having had a 20-point lead. A 20-point lead. There's hardly any teams that you find up 20 often in an NBA game. And the Jazz are up 20 in two games in the same week. Yes, Paul George is back. 
yes, Curry's out against the Warriors, but we all know Jordan Poole is stepping up. We don't really know what's going on with him right now, but he is insane. And you watch this film and go through the game step by step, and you want to know a similarity between these two games? There is one pass thrown in the fourth quarter in each game. One pass. One pass. Alrighty, I think I have it pulled up. So let's take you through the last like eight minutes of this game against Golden State the other night. There's a lot to talk about here, but I'm just gonna go over exactly what happens and let's let's see what we can come up with out of it. I at the 808 minute mark, we're up 101-87. Draymond Green misses his jump shot. Wancho gets a Defensive rebound, great. Mike Conley pushes the floor, goes, tries to take a layup. He misses. Rudy Gobert follows with a dunk. Beautiful. Jordan Poole comes back, misses a 30-foot three-point jumper. House gets the rebound, and Jordan Poole gets fouled. Or, excuse me, Jordan Poole fouls him. What happens right after this point? Royce O'Neal comes in the game. Donovan Mitchell comes in from Daniel House. Royce came in for Mike. Boyan comes in for Wancho. And what's the first thing that happens on the first play? Boyan Bogdanovich lost ball turnover. Andrew Wiggins steals it. Then he personal fouls Andrew Wiggins. Then Clay Thompson misses his jump shot. Bogey gets a rebound, passes it to Royce O'Neal. What happens? Royce O'Neal throws the ball away. Instant turnover. Then what happens? We have this incredible turnover scheme that just comes to play. So Royce O'Neal turns it over. It's 103.87. Clay Thompson makes 25-foot three-point jumper off of a Jordan Poole assist. Jazz call a timeout. We can't turn the ball over. We come straight out of the timeout. Clarkson misses a three. Then Wiggins makes 28-foot running pull-up jump shot. Then Chloe Thompson makes a 27-foot jump step-back jump shot. And we're just taking jump shots, by the way. What happens after these two back-to-back threes? So it's 103-96. It's a, it's a six-point swing already in the last literally minute and a half. Uh, maybe not. No, not even that. It's like 35 seconds. Six-point swing. Donovan Mitchell, out of bounds, bad pass, turnover. What happens out of the turnover? Klay Thompson hits a three-pointer. We call another timeout, and Mike Conley comes in for Jordan Clarkson. Quinn Snyder's trying to make an adjustment here. And what does Conley do? He shoots, he misses. They get the rebound. They come back. We stop them. We take a timeout. We got to set up a play here. This is 436 left in the game. We're up at this point, 103 to 99. I, I mean, this is ridiculous. All of a sudden, the gap is four points. And we had a 21-point lead. We've lost this lead off of so many turnovers, and it comes back to bite us. What happens next? We come out of the timeout. Draymond Green absolutely blocks Rudy Gobert's three-point jumper off of a shot clock turnover. We can't even get a shot. They come out. The Warriors get a rebound, and after they miss a shot, and Donovan fouls. Klay Thompson then... They run a, uh, a side screen play for Clay Thompson. He curls around. Draymond Green hits him. Bingo. Wide open three. 103 102. Mitchell misses a layup. Mitchell misses another layup. Rudy Gobert misses a two foot tip off of a rebound. And the ball goes to Golden State. Jordan Poole hits a 20 foot step, a 27 foot step back. Jazz call another timeout. At this point, 331 in the game. We're freaking out. The Golden State crowd's back in it. It's it's downhill from here, even after already the downhill we've been talking about. We get a rebound. They miss a couple jump shots. We miss a couple jump shots. Conley fouls finally, and they go to a timeout. Clay Thompson, run. they run a beautiful play. Clay Thompson misses a 27 three-pointer. Three 
and Bogey gets a rebound. Great. We have a chance. It's 103-105 with two minutes left. This game still isn't over, but we look like we're over. We get a board, and Bogey goes to the free throw line. What does he do? He misses his first free throw. Bogey misses his first free throw. The crowd gets to him. We're panicking at this point. We we make our free throw. Rudy Gobert gets fouled. He misses his free throw. Jordan Poole goes to the line, makes his free throws. And Mike Conley makes the first basket, the first bucket since the eight-minute mark. At 122, Mike Conley makes a driving layup. 106-107, Warriors. After that, it's just a hay fest of us trying to foul and get a bucket. We miss all of our shots. We foul four more times, five more times. And eventually, we miss our free throws. We miss like three free throws in the clutch, including Rudy Gobert missing both free throws in his last two attempts at the free throw line. Mike Conley misses a running pull-up, and that's when it's it's game over from there. We foul, and, and we're out of there. The Utah Jazz are so frustrating right now. It's unreal how frustrating it is to be a Utah Jazz fan. There's so many things I can point out, but who do we play next? What's what's our schedule looking like? Well, tomorrow doesn't get much better, does it? Because we play the hottest team in the NBA, who I think is overhyped, but actually they're probably not, because they're playing 22 and 2 without John Morant. Without John Morant, the 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 Memphis Grizzlies are a better plus minus on the floor without John Morant than they are with him. It's the same with the Mavericks. The Mavericks are crazy. They they have a better plus minus without Luka. When Luka's on the floor, they play better. But that doesn't make sense. Luka has this presence about him just like John Morant does that's very, very hyped. But let's not get to that right now. And we're going to play Memphis at home. There's nothing more that Memphis wants to do than beat the people who just put them out of the playoffs last year and just put a beat down on them especially when they're already at the third seed they've had this amazing streak and the jazz are just plummeting confidence is going away we're not being tough we can't play tough and what we play we play memphis so that's a 50 50 ball game if the jazz pull another 20 point lead we don't know what to expect it's so hard to be a jazz fan you're up 20 and you don't know if you are going to be okay with 12 minutes left in the game you're sitting there on the edge of your seat and you have a 20-point lead. That is so bad. I mean, the Memphis Memphis is a favorite. Um, they're plus five at Utah to, to win. Excuse me, minus five for us, I guess, the spread. But golly. So it's a 10-point spread total. So we play Memphis. Who do we play after Memphis? I can't remember. Let me pull it up really quickly. We play... It's our last week. We play Oklahoma City. Then we go back and play Phoenix at home on Friday. And then we play Portland. I mean, this is ridiculous. We play Memphis and Phoenix. If we can win the Memphis and Phoenix games, I'll, I'll have hope. But right now we're sitting at the sixth seed. We were we dropped from the fourth seed to the sixth seed from post-All-Star break. We're 10-10 and 10 since All-Star break, which is absolutely terrible. We're minus six post-All-Star break, and before pre-All-Star break, we were plus seven. So that's a 11-point swing in the plus-minus category. Um, there's not much else to talk about other than it's depressing to be a Jazz fan right now. 
the on the one hope side i donovan mitchell has been going off he can't hit his shots in the clutch but also his usage rate is very high compared to other players in the clutch so he takes a lot more attempts than others and we haven't been healthy and we're finally getting back to full health and we looked so good for the first three quarters just like we looked so good for the first three quarters against the clippers just like we looked so good for the first half against the clippers in game six in la when we all thought we were going to a western conference finals so what do the Jazz need to do to take this dive against Memphis? Memphis is a terrible shooting team. They need to slow down Memphis because Memphis is first in points per game right now, first in turnover, or excuse me, steals, first in rebounds, especially offensive rebounds, and first in plus minus. They are a hustle team. They get after you, and they hustle, and they play hard. And I wish, I hope to see the Jazz pull into that game, and that fuels them. And Memphis's physicality comes at them and they're like you know what it's time for us to play physical it's time for us to actually get down and dirty which i don't know if rudy gobert is capable of that right now i i I really don't know uh he he hasn't been physical at all um in in my opinion there's he's been a great rebounder a defensive rebounder but the amount of shots and defensive breakdowns that we have that we're giving up on these drive and kick threes it's ridiculous i i i need to stop talking about this before i go any any further but the one hope is donovan mitchell is playing really well and we know that he turns it on in the postseason and we know that these players are down and they know exactly what's going on and they got to fight through this whatever it is this stigma that they have from all the way back from the bubble they they need to get over this and imagine we play a 6-3 matchup right now which would be golden state if we could take golden state instantly knock out golden state there's something to be said there because they're in a championship experience team they know how to get through postseason games so we'll find out what happens to them this is going to be very interesting postseason my my title contenders right now you guys Giannis looks so good right now i don't know who could stop Giannis. there there is no one that could stop Giannis. Joel Embiid can keep up with Giannis, but he cannot stop Giannis. And frankly, Giannis can't stop Joel Embiid until it matters, and he blocks him for a clutch block at the end in Philly on the road. Giannis knows how to win, and we need to start talking about him as the the true MVP here. I, I, I can see the Jokic argument if we gave it to Russell Westbrook five years ago or whatever it was for being a six-seed stat- statistician. Like, Jokic has definitely just carried that team denver would have nine wins they would set the record for the worst team in the nba if they didn't have Jokic. right now obviously porter's going to come back hopefully for the playoffs for them and murray but we'll see so right now my title contender is i i wouldn't be surprised if we see a repeat phoenix milwaukee but you never know what happens kevin durant still has yet to play in the postseason this year and we don't know what's going to happen with him Kyrie is back last year they won't push Milwaukee to seven without Kyrie and the one argument is who's going to guard KD PJ Tucker is in Miami now which Miami could be a contender but they keep going up and down they're healthy they're not healthy they're healthy they're not healthy if if they're healthy I believe they could they could defend Giannis and the Bucks but what does Giannis do when he's double teamed he just kicks it to the one of the best scorers underrated scorers in the NBA Chris Middleton we we would be so valuable if we had Giannis with the Utah, but let's let's not put any false streams into into play here.
But my Eastern Conference favorite right now, I think, is Milwaukee. But it could be Boston. Oh, I forgot about Boston. Boston's on fire. I, I got Boston, Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston's going to take out Brooklyn. That'll be a good series, but I think Boston's going to take out Brooklyn for sure. Western Conference favorite. It's hard not to see Phoenix. It's hard not to see Dallas making a run after they've made runs in the past. And it's a, it's a toss-up. Nobody knows what's going to happen in the West. But Phoenix is by far and away the best team in the NBA right now. They're... They're the only ones who can take a 20-point lead and not blow it, or a 10-point lead and not blow it. They're, I think, 51-0 and 0 with 10-point leads this year. They haven't lost a game with that. I think the Jazz have lost 11 now, or 12. That's the most in the NBA. So I don't expect the Jazz to do much unless we can, we can prove to ourselves we can close out a game. I mean, we'll have to find out. But that's that kind of wraps it up for my NBA discussion. Let me know if you guys have any questions or comments. Text me, message me. Um, you know, you can uh, message me on Instagram at jakester dot or underscore p, or you can you can hit me up on the Facebooks, Jake Anderson. Obviously, uh, I'll be creating a fanspurt uh, page where we can do live discussions, team discussions. We'll go over film. I would love to do a, a film breakdown and breakdown games uh, every once in a while even one day maybe even get to broadcasting at some point but we'll have to find out where this goes what you guys like what you guys find interesting if you find any of this interesting and if this jogs your passion for say the utah jazz or any other sports team but we're approaching a little bit of my time i want to go over one more thing and let's talk baseball Baseball is back. That took so long for baseball to come back. And let's let's talk about who has the best starting rotation. So obviously the Dodgers have the best lineup in the league, for sure. No doubt. We all know the Dodgers are favorites. And thank the Lord, because I'm a Dodgers fan. Been went to LA first game at nine years old, I think. Ten years old. I don't remember when it was. Walked into Dodger Stadium, saw Duke Dorf throw out the first pitch. I said, what could I want more? Especially when I saw my favorite pitcher ever, Kershaw, on the bump. Which brings me to Kershaw. Kershaw is looking healthy, but let's see how long he can last in the regular season. I wouldn't I wouldn't imagine his his playing time to go down, his his games to pitch to go down. But obviously our front runner is Walker Buehler. You got Urias. Kershaw may hopefully comes back towards the end of the year. But after after Kershaw, it's it's a toss-up of whoever you want to throw out there. They have an amazing rotation. The Padres just picked up another rotating starter from the A's. What's his name? Sine or something like that. He's He looked really good. I watched his film yesterday. And boy, his fastball is just pinpoint. He doesn't miss like ever. I mean, that's kind of expected in the MLB, but he doesn't miss. The Padres just boosted their lineup, trying to go for it all, knowing that they have to compete with L.A. But it's looking like Toronto has a really, really good rotation. The White Sox have a really, really good rotation. But the best two rotations in baseball are still the Dodgers and probably the Braves. The Braves are just getting back everyone that was unhealthy. They picked up Kenley from the Dodgers, who's their closer. Good luck with all those heart attacks in the ninth inning. I, I don't know what's going to happen with them if Kenley's going to blow a lot of games, but typically he 
puts the bases loaded and then strikes out three in a row just for your heart rate to go up at the end of a five four game against the Phillies. <laughs> so we'll we'll find out who who really is going to pull it out. But um, the top two for me are definitely Atlanta and LA. The White Sox are next up for me on the third place range. I know I talked about the the Padres, but the White Sox are still scary and still look really good. They just couldn't get past the Astros, but we, nobody wants to talk about the Astros. I never will talk about the Astros on this podcast unless you know what it is, unless we have a great discussion on how to throw games, which is a daily discussion for fans. Last but not least, tonight is the national championship of NCAA basketball. You got the eight seed UNC upsetting Duke. Ooh, that was a big game. That was a fun game to watch. A lot of us might agree or disagree on the M1 call um, coming down the break. He he got pulled. I, I thought they were going to call continuation. In every other NBA game I watched, that's a continuation foul. I know college is way different, and especially the Final Four. But he, he, he called it. I thought it was continuation, and it's hard to see at that speed. But Kansas looks like they're rolling. And unless UNC can come up with a defensive stop for Kansas, then – which they might. They they put a defensive stop to a red-hot Duke team who was coming up clutch all the time. But I, I find it really hard to see how anybody will beat Kansas. So I've got Kansas winning it 72-68. We'll see what the final score is. I hope it goes to overtime. That's what I have it in. I have it as an overtime game. And we'll find out. May the best team win. Anyway, guys, thanks for supporting Fanspurt Radio. I know this episode might be a little longer than it normally is. I'd love to keep it within 15 to 25 minutes. Um, I guess this kind of is in the range of what I want it to be. But I I don't want this to be too long of a discussion. I'd love to bring up topics and and bring up different things within sports. We'll talk NFL. We'll talk baseball a lot more as as the season progresses. We'll continue to talk basketball as playoffs go go forth, and we won't talk about NCAA women's basketball. Sorry, people. We won't talk about that. (laughs) Maybe we'll fit some hockey in there. Maybe we'll we'll find out what other sports. We'll talk about golf. We'll do other things like that. Interesting to see if Tiger makes it in. I... I don't know what's going to happen. You guys might have seen this the other day. There was some pro amateur that got told, if you just go out there naked, nobody's going to notice. Why? Because everyone's going to be watching Tiger. Bogey. 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 Quit. (laughs) I'm kidding. Tiger will never do that. But he'll... We'll see what he got. His son definitely carried him when they played. So I'm interested to see how that goes. But anyways, I hope you all enjoy your Monday. I hope you enjoy the time you have in whatever you are doing. Keep your head up and don't be afraid to try new things. Thanks for listening to Fanspurt Radio. We'll catch you later.